Well, hey, I got to tell you, when Eric, when Eric uh, Pastor Eric asked me to speak for him, um, you know, one of the things you guys ought to know, because we've known each other for a while, like there's, there's nothing I wouldn't do for Eric, okay? There's nothing I wouldn't do for Eric. And come to think about it, there's nothing he wouldn't do for me. And now I, I kind of think about that even more. We've been doing nothing for each other for years now, okay? So, so uh, but hey, man, come on. The dude ran an Ironman triathlon last week. Give it up. Like, wow. Wow. I can hardly walk to the bathroom in the morning, okay? Anyway, okay, Paul, you know, I got to tell you all this right now. The writer of so much of the New Testament, Paul, says this. He says, every time I think of you, I thank God for you. As he thinks of the various churches that he started, that he helped launch. Well, I got to tell you, Calvary Church Santa Ana, you need to know this. Every time I think of you, I thank God for you. I thank God for the first Sunday we attended in 1982. We sat, we sat in front of a couple that probably most of you don't even know their names. We sat in front of this couple named Roger and Pat Harvey. And they introduced themselves to us and even took us to lunch that afternoon. Like, who does that anymore? And I thank God for the home builders class that continues to exist to this very day, okay? Um, because as a result of that adult fellowship group, we called them Sunday school gatherings 40-some years ago, we made deep friendships and prayer partners. And Sue and I, we learned so much about what it meant to grow in our marriage and in our parenting from being a part of the home builders group. And I thank God. I thank God for uh, the long-tenured pastorship of Pastor Dave Mitchell. Give it up for Pastor Dave Mitchell, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I got to tell you, the fact that he rides Harleys makes him an even better pastor, okay? Just so, just so you know that. And then I, I just want to say, you, you guys are blessed, you know? So many churches. I, I was participant in a succession of the church that I founded 34 years ago. Four years ago, I handed it off to a great young man. My wife and I, Sue, we, we, we still attend that church. We still give to that church. We still serve at that church. We love the Crossing Church. And I know for the same is true for, for Pastor David. And, and the handoff from Pastor Dave to Pastor Eric, you got to know something. Churches don't do that very well. And this church has done that really well. And you are to be honored and you are to be commended. And I just wanted you to know that. And I just thank you for the training, the opportunity to serve here for five years. I mean, you, this church hired me without any prior experience. And what a gift it's been to us. So many great things that God has done since that time up until now. And even now, I think of all the things that are going on at Calvary Church Santa Ana. I, if you weren't here last week, you need to go back and watch Dan Kimball. You need to go back and watch that. He talked about how not to read the Bible. It's based on his recent book, okay? 200 people came back out on Wednesday night, or excuse me, on Sunday night to hear the second part of that talk. And then the other thing I just want to say to y'all, because I was watching online, you guys just sent out your first short-term missions team to the island of Cyprus. That's the first short-term missions team since the pandemic. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, give it up. Give it up. But I think... I don't know, but I just think this is even like more, more co cool because like men don't usually come out like in the middle of the week 
And this past, you know, couple of weeks, you started a brand new summer men's Bible study. And the, the, the kickoff week, the, the courtyard out there was full, was full. So, hey, you can still join in. If you're a man here at, at, the, at, at the Calvary Church Santa Ana, love to have you, okay? But I, I got to tell you what I'm more proud about is the fact that you all started a bilingual alpha class. Yeah, give it up. 45. 45 graduates. 45 graduates. And then the hospital right across the street where both my kids were born. Hospital right across the street where well, after I went down on a Harley, when I went down on a Harley or motorcycle I had, I actually ended up in that there, over there, checking it out. Um, you know, uh, just want to see. Well, you guys are all partnering now with the hospital to prepare volunteer chaplains who are going to be present at the hospital all throughout the week. Who does that? Calvary Church Santa Ana does it. Give it up for yourselves. Give it up for yourselves. Now, I got to just say this. Okay, so, so uh, um, if, if I, I was thinking we, we were going to do this and I was going to go down with a microphone, and if, if we started right now, let's say we just started, we started over there, farthest over, we went row, like person by person by person by person by person by person by person. And we just kept going, row after row after row. And you all shared the dumbest thing you've ever done. The most unwise choice you've ever made. Boy, would there be some stories. There would be some unwise money expenditures. There would be some relationships we should have never entered into. There would have been deals that we wish that we had never done. There would be some unwise investment choices. How about this? Dates. Dates. You wished you'd never gone out on. How many of you had one of those? Let me see a show of hands. God bless you. I see all those hands, okay? There would be what looked like that time where there was like an opportunity, an opportunity of a lifetime. And when you made a decision to go for that opportunity, it almost crushed you. See, all of us here can look back, and in some of those cases, it was just a night. A one night, a one nighter stand. For others, it was a weekend. For others here, it was a few months. And others still, it was several years. But see, all of us, what's true of all of us, all of us have chapters of our lives that we wish that we could go back and rewrite. Unwise choices that we'd like to have back. Right? Now, why do I mention this? Well, we started a new series here at Calvary Church Santa Ana a couple weeks ago. And for those of you watching outside or online, you can go back and you can watch Pastor Eric kick off the series. You can go last week, watch Dan Kimball. But, but Pastor Eric, when he kicked it off, I want to summarize what, what he talked about. And I want to use the Bible to do so. So in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. I want everybody to read that first sentence out loud with me. Come on, Calvary Santa Ana. You see it on the screen. Let's all read it out loud together. What does it say? Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. God's the one who says. Not Eric, not Tim, not Norm. God's the one who says. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. But what is wisdom? 
Well, oftentimes we can understand what something is by looking what it's not, okay? Like, for example, wisdom is not just intelligence. Can you be intelligent and make some dumb, unwise choices? Oh, yes. Wisdom's not just intelligence. Wisdom is not just knowledge. There's an explosion of knowledge in our world today. All you got to do is watch the talk shows on Fox News, MSNBC, CNN to realize there's a lot of educated fools out there, right? Let me give you a working definition of wisdom. This is just something I put together, okay? Here's my working definition of wisdom. If you're taking notes, take a picture of the shot up there on the screen. Wisdom is seeing life. Wisdom is seeing life and then responding to life from God's perspective. It's seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. And in Proverbs chapter 4, what we have to remember here today is no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what age you are, this is something you can develop. And you, as you develop the skill to see life from God's point of view and then to respond God's way in every situation, in every area of your life, let me just tell you right now, life, life gets so much easier. See, the reality is, may not be true of you, it's true of me, most of our problems we bring on ourselves. The Proverbs have a little thing to say about that. Look at Proverbs 14.12. 14.12 says, there's a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in what? Say it death. See, God seems to indicate that without wisdom, our human tendency is often wrong. Here's the truth, and I admit I'm not the oldest person in the room, but as I serve now church planters, I tell them the only thing that age does is give me perspective. And what I've seen is this, life is all about decisions and choices. Life is all about decisions and choices. Small ones, medium ones, and large ones. We in this room, parents, dads, moms, business people, working for someone owning the business, friendships, money, I could go on. We are the sum total of the choices we make which means our decisions determine our destiny in our, you fill in the blank, in our marriage, in our finances, in our relationships. You could go on, you just fill in the blank. In our time, in what we allow into the gateway of our our, our soul, which is through our eyes. And all of us here can look back in our past, and it's in that blank where we see the dumb choices and decisions we've made. But see, it's in that blank where our character is revealed. For example, since it's Father's Day, I remember as a dad, one of my kids came crying into the living room of the house that we rented at this particular juncture. Sue, my wife, was not in the house. 
And I hear my daughter scream, this blood-curdling scream, Dad! The tooth fairy didn't come last night. And so my mind immediately started racing. How do I respond? What do I do? My wife, where are you at? I need you, you know? And then all kinds of excuses, i.e. lies, started rolling through the mind. Lies like, well, Lauren, she must have heard you waking up and she had to quickly leave before you saw her. Or, I forgot to turn the nightlight on so she couldn't see where she was going. Or, she ran out of fairy dust so she couldn't fly. Now, some of you are thinking, some of those kinds of things came into your mind way too quick. Well, just it ain't done the story, okay? Because in that moment, I was confronted with a choice, a decision. I could have seen the situation from God's perspective and then responded appropriately. Instead, okay, I said to her, here's what I said. That's crazy. She must have come into your room last night. Go look again. And when she went and looked, I ran into my bedroom, and I went through my pants pocket, okay, grabbing some money. The only problem was, all I had was a $5 bill. And so you know, back in the day, all the Tooth Fairy gave was 25 cents. There's no way I was going to part with a $5 bill. So here's what I did. I ran back into the room. I dove onto her bed, pretending to look between the mattress and the headboard. And I say, here it is. You must have knocked it under the bed at night. Here it is. Now some of you think, great job, Tim. Your daughter stopped crying. It worked. But here's the reality. Even if she didn't know, she knew. Because in her bedroom that day, was an atmosphere of deception, a lack of truthfulness. See, decisions, they, they, they come in small tooth fairy-sized packages. But, but sometimes they're bigger, okay? Like one of my, uh, my struggles is in the realm of driving. When my kids were little, I remember I'd drive them to school, and on this one occasion, I drifted through a stop sign. We in California call that a what? A California stop or a rolling stop. And it's legal because it's California stop. We've even named it. <laughs> well, on this one day, the police officer was lying in wait, and I did not see him. And I didn't get much further down the block when his lights lit up, okay? And my daughters are sitting in the back seat, and one of them says, what did you do, Daddy? Well, I didn't even get the words out as I was pushing the button of the window down. When the police officer walks up to the door, he looks at the kids in the back and says, oh, you're on your way to school, huh? And before I got a word out, one of my kids says, this isn't the first time my daddy's gotten pulled over. And that kid is in the room here today. She's now 37 years old. Well, then the, it doesn't end there, just so you know. The officer sticks his head into the window and said, oh, so he does this a lot, huh? And my youngest had these big brown eyes. She still has them, by the way. 
And I look in the rearview mirror when he asks the question of the kids, and I see her just shaking her head up and down, up and down. See, the truth is this, friends. Many of our choices are not one time small or minor infractions. No, it's the cumulative total of the frequency of every time we get behind the wheel. Or maybe in front of a TV. Or, or a, a, a phone. Or a tablet. Or a movie screen. What we allow into our eyes. I mean, they all add up into major offenses that show our lack of godly integrity. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says this. Proverbs 20, verse 7 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. See, our ability to see each situation, again, to see each situation from God's perspective, and then to respond accordingly, either positively or negatively. See, that's the key. Either positive, you, you have a choice in that moment. Either positive or negatively, it has a castating effect on the next generation. And so for those of you who are dads here today, you picked a great day to come. The rippling of a generational effect, the rippling of a generational effect, maybe even of dishonesty, is continuing in many of you who are here today. And you, Dad, are frustrated by your kids' actions. You just only have to go back to the source. Or you, Mom, are frustrated with your kids' actions. You, Mom, just need to go back to the source. Think about truth. It used to be the very thought of our president lying would be shocking and revolting. However, just looking at our last president and our present one, so that for those of you who are on either side of the political aisle, I just equal opportunity offender. That's me right there. I mean, the thought of our president, Democrat or Republican, lying, it doesn't traumatize us anymore. We expect it. We celebrate it. We look past it. We make excuses for it. Because it's all part of politics. It's all part of government. But instead of blaming our nation or our, our leaders, let's focus in on our homes. Some of you grew up in homes where the truth was trash. Some of you grew up in homes where you heard your dad or mom say on a phone, can't come into work today, I'm sick, when the truth is they weren't really sick. Some of you grew up in homes where you heard family members get out of social engagements with blatant lies. Some of you grew up in homes where to avoid conflict, your parents or one of your siblings would absolutely deny having said something or done something. And the ironic thing is, you'd actually seen them do it. You'd actually seen them say it. And when you were growing up, you took all that in. And that became your core modeling. Others of you had friends who on a regular basis lied to their parents about where they had been or what they had done or to their teachers about homework or they cheated on tests. You just grew up with it. So for today's purposes, what does Proverbs 20, integrity, and Proverbs 4, wisdom, have to do with each one of us in the room here today and those of you watching online? Well, integrity, let me just give it to you like this. Integrity is deciding to integrate God's value system. It's, it's a wisdom system. 
Integrity is deciding to integrate God's value system, God's wisdom system, into my daily words and into my daily actions. Integrity actually comes from the word integrate. It's the ability to integrate the values of God or the wisdom of God, what I say I believe in, into my daily words and actions. A lot of us are getting in trouble with a broader 21st century world because we all say we have certain beliefs as Christians and Christ followers, but the reason our world can't stand us is because they see our words and they watch our actions. But see, here's, here's the, 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 the overarching important part. you got to decide. Deciding is the key. You don't slip into integrity. You don't slip into this kind of life. Nobody ever said, man, I just fell into integrity. I haphazardly integrated God's value system into my words and actions. It's something you decide on in advance. In fact, 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, 1 Chronicles 29, 17 says, I know my God that you examine our hearts and you rejoice when you find integrity there. Integrity, truthfulness, honesty, genuineness. In the Old Testament, there's a concept called shalom that literally at the core means wholeness. It's, it's, it's an all part of it, right? One of the things that God makes, makes God glad, makes God happy, is when we live an integrated, integrous life. And why is this kind of life so important? <clears throat> because we and those we live around those we work around, those we relate to, they end up being the beneficiaries of it all. Like, for example, I've been married to Sue. We're going to be 43 years this August. And I'll tell you something. In 43, and you're going to think I'm, you're going to think I'm lying. I'm not. In 43 years, my wife Sue has never told me a lie. Oh, yeah, you give it up for her. I'll tell you, that's a gift. That's a gift. Now you're saying, Tim, what about you? Well, we won't talk about me right now, okay? See, here's two major benefits. If you can live a life of integrity, an integrous life, two major benefits. Number one, confidence. Confidence, okay? Integrous living takes away all fear, right? Um, okay, let me see a show of hands. Show of hands. How many of you here have been going sort of fast or for sure over the speed limit and you saw a policeman? How many of you have ever had that happen? Let me see a show of hands. Show of hands. Okay, some of your hands aren't up. You might want to pay attention to the kind of message we're doing today. Integrity. <laughs> okay, so you're going a little bit too fast, right? What do you do for the next 25 miles? Right? You're looking in the rearview mirror. What's that all about? Fear. When you integrate God's values, God's wisdom system into every word and every action, you have total freedom. You have no fear. Absolute security. Proverbs 10.9, look what it says. Proverbs 10.9, people of integrity walk safely. They walk safely. Now let me flip the illustration, okay? Ever been going the speed limit and seen a cop? Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, so, so what, but what happens, right? What happens? If you ever had that experience, you, you don't even think twice about it. 
You stop completely at a stop sign. There's no looking backwards. Why? Because you're driving with integrity. You have confidence, right? Now, the second benefit of why we should long for this is guidance. Guidance, okay? Integrity gives us sort of an internal guidance system. So even when you're, even when you're not literally paying attention to it, in those small, medium, and large decisions and choices, there's this orienting system that's like in your operating system that you've learned to develop. Proverbs 11.3 mentions it. Proverbs 11.3 says, the integrity of the upright guides them. So you put these two together. You put them together, confidence and guidance into any situation, into any relationship. It could be driving. It could be marriage. It could be parenting. It could be friendships, you, siblings, business. It goes on and on and on. And if you have those attitudes in yourself, you're going to be the kind of person, I'm going to be the kind of person because of our integrity, it's going to strengthen every relationship. It's going to make every situation and circumstance better. Integrity is integrating God's value system, God's wisdom system into my life through my words and my actions. In fact, Mark Twain, some of you don't know who that is, but Mark Twain said that speaking honestly takes the stress out of our lives. Here's why. Because if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything, right? One of the phrases that my mom and dad used to say all the time is this. Honesty is the best policy. And dare I say it, a lot of us in this room canceled that policy a long time ago. We just don't tell the truth. Why is that? Well, one survey said that I found 91% of Americans lie. I read that and thought, how do you trust that kind of survey? 91% <laughs> of us lie. But we do. There are times we lie. And we justify it by, oh, it's just a, it was just a white lie. And then there's big, bold-faced lies. Proverbs 12, says it this way. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. See, according to the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, the, the, the honesty is always the best policy. What is God saying? I'm going to drill it in so you don't forget it. Integrity. It's integrating. It's integrating God's values, God's wisdom system into our life through our words and through our actions. And the opposite, the opposite of congruency, that kind of integrated life, you know what it is? The opposite is hypocrisy. The opposite is hypocrisy. And I'll tell you right now, it is kind of neat we're doing this message on Father's Day. You may be able to hide hypocrisy at work. You may be able to hide hypocrisy at church. Being a pastor for 30 years in one location. After probably two or three years of having my jaw drop, it was kind of like, oh, same old, same old. Guy, gal was this way here at church and they're that way at home. Didn't see that coming. You can hide it all of those places, but you can't hide it in your home where people know you, where people see you. You can't hide it there. In fact, I want you to watch this video with me right now. Let's all take a look at this. I'm Celia Yates. My family and I have been members of Calvary Church since 1975. 
We have four children, four adult children, and we now have 10 grandchildren and one great-grandchild. And I'm Todd Yates. I came to Calvary in 1975 at the same time. I was six years old at that point. And uh, yeah, we, we have been very blessed by Calvary and have been privileged to be here for all those years. And we now have a son and uh, two daughters and a grandson. And I'm Jeffrey Yates, the youngest of the bunch, but the best looking. And um, I came to Calvary in 1996 when I was born, but obviously brought here by them and happy to be a member since. 1975, uh, Susan and I were very active at another church in Orange County. For the first time, we became very concerned about uh, our children and what, how they would perceive God. And we ultimately resolved among, between ourselves that we needed to go find a church for our children, not for us. Because we wanted our children to have a faith that was their own and not ours. The Calvary Youth Group, when I was in junior high, for sure, really became kind of my turning point. You know, I, I was kind of at that point as a junior higher where, you know, candidly, I was one way at school and then I was a different person at home and at church. And uh, through God's providential guiding and so forth, he really directed my friend group and, and energies and everything to the youth group at Calvary. Um, and that really began to solidify uh, my faith at the time. The same goes for me in a similar situation. Obviously growing up here was my entire life was spent at Calvary Church. Um, and so just be, having that basis to, to start on that foundation was something that was huge for me and then I was able to build. And I also went to Calvary School here. Um, and so I was able to have friends that were both at church and school, but uniquely were the same place and really began to have those relationships flourish. Um, while at the same time having that unique opportunity that you had to kind of make your my faith my own, similar to your wishes for my dad, is that you wanted to provide that basis for them to take the faith that you had known for those years and bestow it in them for them to take it to that next level for themselves and not necessarily be pushed into something that they didn't understand and were just told to blindly follow, but instead something that they grew to know and love and then ultimately pursue themselves. One of my questions was, uh, how do you help your kids have their own faith? And one of the things that I realized was, uh, I have to live my faith in front of my kids, not just when I'm uh, teaching them, but when I am living it. And every day counts with what they see me do. And I, am I saying one thing and doing another? And that pressure on me meant I had to live what I said I believed. Yeah, and I think even when thinking about this this idea of integrity, it just right off the bat, I just kind of thought to myself, like integrity, oh, it just sounds like, I just think about like truth, like being true to something. But when I looked up the actual definition of integrity, one of the definitions is to adhere to a strict moral code. And I think that seeing that in a father and a grandfather really shapes you as a as a child like because we're so malleable that when we have that strict moral code being lived out and just that it was consistent as well so not just having something that in one stage of life is one way and then the next is something completely different but rather that through the entire time of me growing up i was able to see that strict moral code lived out through 
the integrity of both my father and grandfather. Yes, you need to, you need it should be intentional, like my dad was saying, but but if you don't have the integrity yourself, you're never going to be able to pass that on. So if he would have said, "Do this," you know, but then I see him doing something totally other. I'm gonna go, yeah, right, whatever. And the joy of passing on that integrity is you don't have to think about it, right? If you live your life with integrity, then you don't have to worry about, you know, well, I'm living this way, but I gotta make sure that he knows this and he doesn't see this over here. You just live authentically with integrity and then that flows down naturally and, and organically. If you resolve yourself that this is the way I'm going to live, regardless of what happens. I know God has my back, and from there I don't have to think about it. You know, that's that's kind of what I see as the joy of the, of, you know, the, of passing down integrity is, if you just live with integrity, the rest kind of takes care of itself. That's great. And Yates family, thank you so much for, uh, for doing that video, I appreciate that because the opposite of congruency is hypocrisy. And so as I wind this message up, there's two things that I think are key, key things for us to remember. And, and the first one is this. There needs to be consistency. You heard that in, in that video between public and my private image. There needs to be consistency between my public and my private image. I mean, in the day and age of social media, um, why, do, why do we let our families down to build up our public image? I think a lot of times, a lot of times it, it's, we, we, we view this as important. This is going to impress people. And we forget how important our own family is. The people who are closest to us really are. We think, oh, they'll love me no matter what. That's not true because they see, they see reality. And I know so many so many dads who have lost the respect of their kids. I know so many moms who have lost the respect of their kids. I know so many bosses who have lost the respect of their employees. Co-workers who have lost the respect of their other co-workers. Because who they are in public is not who they are in private. So consistency. Public, private. It's got to be congruent. Then the second thing is this, I've been saying it all morning long, is this, consistency between my words and my actions. Consistency between my words and my actions. Uh, you know, you heard that Yates, they said that, you know, it's, it's not do as I say, not as I do. If that's your kind of living, shame on you. Shame on me. Because your lifestyle is contagious. And if you have a lifestyle that's filled with hypocrisy, inconsistency, and you've sort of gotten used to it now over a period of time, I mean, there's some young families in here today. You can interrupt this. According to the scriptures, you can develop good judgment. It's a skill you can develop and master because those closest to you see you. They watch you. And there you saw three generations, one to the other to the other. And if you don't do this well, lots of times kids like to run away from their parents like the plague. That's why many times in relationships, those who are closest to us seem not to want to be around us because of the inconsistent life we lived. 
So you just need to know there's a power in a consistent life. And um, I don't know if you heard what Todd, Todd said, you know, you got to resolve. He said that in the video. Here's the way I say it. Here's the way I say it. I say it this way. Remember, it's easier to make excuses in the realm of integrity. It's easier to make excuses than to make up your mind. So you can choose today to make a commitment. And then I encourage you to do it one step further. Tell somebody about the commit you made. If you're struggling in the realm of substance abuse, some sort of addiction, this church has a phenomenal Celebrate Recovery. You heard it during the, the announcement period of time with Norm. We'd long for you to step into that. Join an adult fellowship group. Ask somebody to walk alongside of you. And a lot of times we don't do that because we think, well, what will happen if I fall short? I'll feel embarrassed. They, they won't think I'm perfect. Well, come on, friends. They already, you just, the obvious is you're imperfect. I'm imperfect. The three gentlemen in that video are imperfect. We're not talking about perfection. The very reason you need to tell somebody, not making excuses, but you make up your mind, is so that you do put your life on the line. We all need people in our life we can tell about the commitments we've made. Now, I put this little part at the end. I had it in the beginning, but I thought I'm going to put it at the end. You know, because I just want to see now how many of you, after all this, would be willing to tell the truth. Okay, so, so I have some questions for you. How many of you here have ever lied when stopped by a cop and told the cop, I don't know what I was doing. I was going the speed limit. How many of you ever had that happen? Raise your hands. Come on, a little higher, please. How many of you here ever made up an excuse when you were late for a meeting? Raise your hands, nice and high. How many of you here ever cheated on a test? Raise your hands. How many of you here ever denied saying something to avoid getting into trouble? Look at the kids around here. Some of the kids are laughing because they're seeing their parents. How many of you here have deliberately deceived another person? See, today we, we ought to make this our testimony before God. In Psalm 101, I know it's not the Proverbs, but I need to put it in there. Psalm 101 verse 2 says this. I will behave wisely and follow the way of integrity. When will you come to me? I will walk in my house in integrity and with a blameless heart. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that you and I would behave wisely and we'd follow the way of integrity. If you do, there's all kinds of benefits. Absolute confidence, never have to fear. And you have this internal guidance system that helps you in times when you least expect it to do the right thing. I will behave wisely and follow the way of integrity. 
See, friends, don't ever forget this throughout this whole series and all these different parts and pieces that you're hearing. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Let's stand for closing prayer and then a closing song. Let's stand together. Could you all bow your heads? Could you just all bow your heads? I know I'm risking here. It could be something small, medium, or large. But there's something going on right now in your life that screams or whispers a lack of integrity. It could be in a parenting, your parenting. It could be in your professional life. It could be with your partner in marriage. It could be in finances. It could be in friendships. It could be in how you're using substances. It could be what you're watching. And I know it's risky to ask you if that's true of you to raise your hand, but I'm going to do just that because freedom, confession is the beginning of freedom. And so what you're now trafficking in must, might be small, might be medium, might be huge, might be large. But everybody's head's bowed. Everybody's head's bowed. Everybody's head's bowed. Mine's the only head up. How many of you right now have something like that going on in your life? Would you just raise your hands? Just raise your hands. Nice and high. Nice and high. I want to pray for you. Just put your hands down. God, that's a lot of hands. And the unique thing is, is that you see that. And there's a part of us that thinks we, 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 we are hiding it. There's a part of us that thinks because our spouse doesn't see it, because our kids don't see it, because a friend doesn't see it, because a coworker doesn't see it, a boss doesn't see it, employees don't see it, because nobody sees it, we're good. But you see it. So God, I pray that today there's probably myriads of excuses that we're making up for why it is we're doing what we're doing. I pray that today, on June 19th, 2022, we will make up our minds to behave wisely, as the scriptures say, and walk or follow the path of integrity. For some of us, it might mean that we need to have a sit down over coffee and tell somebody what we're involved in might be the hardest conversation of our whole entire life. For others of us on a dad's day like this, it might mean we say we're sorry. And even though that sorry might come across as hollow and empty, may we resolve today to improve the relationship. But God, I pray that as we walk away from this today, whether we're online watching, outside watching, in this room watching and listening, I pray that we'll make up our mind today to walk a new walk. A life of integrity. I pray that be our vision 
our mission. I ask this for all of us, including me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said,